Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There, you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services. I told you a few weeks ago that we're going to deal with some topical things, and there are, there are topics that I, and I got this years ago, I believe it was from, I want to say it was Chriswell. Uh, he said that there were certain topics that every year he wanted to make sure he covered those topics. And so he had some sermons that he would rework a little bit, but he would preach them over and again because he wanted it continually. Doctrines like baptism, communion, that's why we touched on that last week. Well, there's some other doctrines that aren't quite as central. They're not primary doctrines, maybe secondary things that I'm also convicted that once in a while we need to be reminded about. And so this might not be in my yearly rotation, but it's every two to three years. I like to talk about some of the disciplines of the Christian life. And so I pulled uh, some, of, some of my notes from sermon series I did years ago and began to sort of rework it around this theme of simply fasting. Uh, the original sermon, it, it, it took the entire passage where Christ was talking about prayer and and fasting and giving, all of those things together. And so I just singled this portion out. And we're going to talk today about fasting for the glory of God. You can follow along in the YouVersion app. We have the entire teaching outline there for you. Um, but there will also be notes on the screen as well. Let's read Matthew 6, beginning in verse 16. And when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Amen. And amen. May God add a blessing to the reading of Scripture. As we approach this text, it is good to remember the preceding context. And so I would encourage you on your own time to go back and read some of those preceding verses, maybe the entire chapter. But early in this passage, our Lord warned us against hypocrisy in giving. And he calls us to be concerned about giving for the glory of God rather than men. And then he warns us about hypocrisy in praying. And he calls us to be concerned about praying for the glory of God rather than of men. And he even gave us an example of what a sincere, heartfelt prayer would look like. You can find no better model than what we know as the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And keep that in mind because we may use that as our benediction today. 
And now we come to the section of Scripture in this passage before us where Jesus warns about hypocrisy in fasting. And he calls upon us, his followers, his disciples, to be concerned about fasting for the glory of God rather than of men. I debated on telling this story, and I'm not going to say names, I'm not going to say church names, but years ago I was on staff at a church and I knew my time was coming to an end. Transitionally, things were taking place and I knew I was on my way out, but one Sunday morning, our senior pastor stood up and, and this was in a denomination that I was a part of many years ago and I'm no longer a part of for good reason. Uh, but our pastor stood up and he, he began to teach on fasting that Sunday morning. And I decided that morning, sitting in worship, that I was leaving the church because he preached this text or he read this text and then he just completely went off script and he began to ask the church, hey, we're going to fast together. We want, we want revival and we want to reach people in our community and we want to grow as a church and so we're going to fast and what we're going to do is we're going to put it all over Facebook. We're going to put it all over social media and we're going to let, we're going to hashtag it and we're going to let everybody know that we're fasting. And I sat Next to my wife that morning, I turned and looked at her and I said, and we've received our reward. You're going to teach on fasting and then you're going to go and, and do exactly the opposite of what the text calls you to. Fasting is not about, hey, look at us. But how can we fast for the glory of God as we should seek to bring glory to God in every area of our lives? In 2004, the Barna Update issued a report that was entitled, Faith Has a Limited Effect on People's Behavior. And the report, the findings of that report, I can't imagine it's gotten any better in 16 years. The report read that the study also indicated that even though the Bible and churches encourage fasting for religious reasons, the people most likely to engage in religious fasts are inherits of non-Christian faiths. In fact, the non-Christian people of faith are twice as likely as Christians to engage in fasting. Now, fasting is something that in these days is sort of in vogue. It's, it's a fad right now. It's cool to fast. People have learned about the benefits of fasting for their health. And I know many, even in religious circles, in church circles, who are using fasting, I've, I've used it in the past for health reasons. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about a, a, a fast that is focused, a fast that has a purpose. And I believe the purpose is to humble us and to cause us to cast our cares on Christ and to focus on Him. Today's truth let me put this up on the screen for you, is that Jesus in this text assumes his disciples will fast. And he instructs us how we can fast for the glory of God. So let's dig in for a few moments this morning. Our first point, if you're following along with our outline, are we fasting to be seen by men or to be seen by God? Now let's look at the difference, fasting to be seen of men. Notice verse 16. It says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. As practiced by the hypocrites of Christ's day, it involved a sad countenance. Um, 
You know those people who love a pity party? <laughs> I know a lot of them. None of y'all, but I know some people who they love a pity party. They love to be sad all the time. They love the attention that it brings. And that's the idea that Jesus is speaking of there. This isn't about me. It's not about receiving pity or, hey, look at what he did. The text tells us very clearly doing it in such a way with a sad countenance or a scowl on our face, we receive our reward right then and there. The only good that fasting can do is to win the praise of men, the praise of other people, but certainly not God. Fasting to be seen of God, we see in verse 17. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. To be done without any outward appearance, no attention seeking, not bragging about it on social media, not letting everybody you know, hey, I'm fasting today so I can, I can pray and so I can you know, I'm check that off my list. That's not what it's about. Now, I'm not saying that if you're fasting for health reasons, don't tell people because that has no purpose. But a, a spiritual, a, a biblical, a religious fast is not about us. But if we do it in this way, in God's way, to be seen of God, we're rewarded, Scripture says, and we're rewarded openly. Fasting to be seen by God or to be seen by men. But our second point, fasting by Christians today. And here's where our sermon will take a little bit more of a topical turn because we need to look to the rest of Scripture, the entirety of Scripture, to see what it has to say for us. And so the question is, should Christians fast today? Well, if we're going to answer that, we need to firstly attempt to understand the example of Jesus and his teaching. In Luke chapter 4, we see the best known example of fasting in Scripture. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. For forty days he, tempt, he was tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. <laughs> I imagine he was. And that's where the, the idea of Lent comes from, that many denominations and many churches participate in. We don't necessarily partake of Lent. I don't think it's sinful, but I don't find it in Scripture, and so I don't, I don't necessarily um, believe that it's something that we need to do. Um, but that's where that principle comes from, the 40 days leading up to, to Easter, to the, the, to the resurrection and the celebration of Christ's death and burial and resurrection. Christ fasted for 40 days. Why? In a period of intense temptation in the wilderness. But not only did he practice it, he taught on it. We're reading the words of Christ today. And he assumed that his followers would fast. Notice over and again, verse 16, when you fast. Verse 17, when you fast. He's not, he's not saying, hey, this is, this is optional. Now, is it something that we have to do on a schedule and all of the time? No, I don't think it is. But I do think that it's a tool that we need in our toolboxes. And he said that they would fast when he was gone. 
In Matthew chapter 9, just a, a couple of pages ahead in your Bibles, verse 14, Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Notice the language that Christ used. They will when you fast. This is a tool that he has given us. Not only do we consider the examples of Jesus, but we consider the example of the church, the brethren in Acts. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. The brethren at Antioch. Beginning in verse 1. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Why were they fasting? They were fasting in their service to the Lord. They were fasting as they were seeking qualified elders and deacons in their church. God, lead us to the right men. Lead us to the right brethren to lead your local church. And so the principle for us there is, are we fasting about the things that God would call us to do? We've been talking a lot about revitalization. We've been talking a lot about an outward evangelism focus and how to reach our community. We've been talking about uh, how do we reach young families? How do we even reach maybe into the military community? Well, are we fasting about it? Are we seeking God about it? As we begin to plan and to move forward with a youth ministry, are we seeking God about it and His direction as He would call us to go? The church at Antioch, the brethren there did that very thing. But then in chapter 14, we see the churches in Galatia, verse 21. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. When appointing elders, when appointing those who would lead in the local church, we, we can use this tool. Even the Apostle Paul, consider his example. And we won't take the time to read all through it, but in First and Second Corinthians, you see him over and again spending time fasting and praying, focused prayer, focused fasting. It's appropriate for the Christian to fast. Now, is it an all-the-time requirement? Again, I say no. We don't see that principle in Scripture, but Christ says when you fast. And I will say this. I will add this to, to um, our discussion today surrounding it. Um, I understand that there are people that have certain medical issues. There are people that, that have to take medication in a certain way. This is not a burden, a yoke I am putting on you. And I don't believe it's a burden and a yoke that God's word would put on you. 
be wise. Seek your medical professional's advice if you decide that it's something that you want to do or consider just not doing it because it might not be right for you physically. And that is understandable, but we can still fast from, from perhaps other things. We can fast from social media. We can, we can cut out an hour of television and we can spend time focusing our prayers to God. So, should Christians fast? I believe that they should. Why should Christians fast? Well, as we've said, there's a variety of reasons. Some do it for health reasons. Others do it at times of grief and sorrow. You would see that in the Old Testament a lot of times. And they talk about sackcloth and ashes, and they would, they would fast and grieve and mourn during those seasons. Christians should fast when they need divine help. God, I need you to intervene in, in my individual life. I need you to give me understanding. Maybe you're considering a career move. Maybe you're considering buying, uh, um, purchasing something large. God, what would you have me to do? I need your help in my life. In the Old Testament, the people of God fasted in times of war. They fasted when their loved ones were sick. David did that. When they were seeking God's forgiveness, Ahab and Daniel fasted. When the nation was seeking God's protection, Ezra fasted. And so all of these are reasons that we would turn to a fast and a, a focused time of prayer. There's consistent examples of fasting all through the New Testament. Jesus, we've mentioned, the churches in the book of Antioch or the book of Acts. Such fasting, though, we have to remember, has to be in conjunction with prayer, with a focus to be done properly. And I believe that when done properly, fasting will humble our souls. Psalm 35, verse 13, David speaks of being afflicted with fasting and of his head bowing low. It's a, a thing that humbles you and causes you to cast your cares on Christ and to realize your need of him. But not only does it humble us, I believe it chastens us. Psalm 69, verse 10, David said, When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. God used fasting to even convict and to chastise David, to correct him. Letter C, when should Christians fast? Whenever the occasion for divine help arises. Whenever you're in need of Him, when you're facing temptation or, or illness or difficulty. And it could be on a congregational level. I don't think it's unbiblical for a pastor to stand up and say, hey, brothers and sisters, I'm calling you to a fast. But that doesn't mean we go broadcast it to everyone, now does it? And so there would be times when we would do it corporately, and I believe that it would be a very good thing for us to do even in this season of ministry. How should Christians fast? Some practical things that we see in our text very quickly, not to be seen of men, and we see that in our text today. It isn't about us. Not without true repentance. If you have your Bibles open, turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 58. Verse 3. Why have we fasted and you see it not? 
Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? This is not the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke. It is not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself for your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer, and you shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking wickedness. All the praying, all the fasting is of no avail if it is not with a penitent obedience in our hearts. Not to be seen of men, not without true rep repentance. Some practical suggestions for you very quickly and then we'll close. Don't go out and fast just because it seems like a neat thing to do. Now again, there are tons of studies and I would encourage you, if you have certain health issues, to look into fasting. It could be a very beneficial thing for some people. But don't go out and do it just because it seems like a neat thing to do or because you know someone who's doing it. Take it seriously, prayerfully even. Lord, would you have me to do this? Lord, is this, is this wise based on my health history and the medications that perhaps I take? Maybe, Lord, do I need to talk to my doctor about it, but would you have me do this? Is there some other way that you would have me do it, Lord? Remember the purpose for fasting. And it's to humble oneself in God's sight and to chastise our souls. And so if you decide to take up the practice, I would encourage it greatly. And I would encourage you to focus on the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf Think through his 40 days in the wilderness all the way to the cross. Fast in, in other ways if you must and give up things that, that consume your time and your focus and your attention. And focus instead in a season of prayer and communion with your heavenly Father and I hope that we would collectively this morning covenant together that God would humble us and that we would empty ourselves and that His Spirit would fill us. This is God's Word. It is for us His people. Thanks be to God for it. Amen. Lord, we love you today. And I pray that you would use this text to remind us of some of those tools that are in our toolboxes. Some of the spiritual disciplines that we would do well to take up in seasons of, of grief, or of doubt. 
times of uncertainty or in times when we need direction in our lives. So Lord, I pray that you would use this teaching today to encourage your people and that we would know and understand that when we fast, when we fast, as Christ said, that it can be done for the glory of God. Lord, give us wisdom. Help us to do things properly, not only spiritually, but physically. And so we ask for your discernment in our lives in that regard. Lord, I pray that you would use our times of fasting to build up this local church. Not for us, Lord, but for your glory. It's in the name of Christ Jesus we pray and ask these things. God's people said, amen and amen. That didn't hurt too bad, did it? <laughs>